We're all just cogs in the wheel of organizational ethics that we don't control. That's a very Foucauldian point to end on. I'm a very Foucauldian kind of gal. <laughs> Is that true? Did we take that class together? We took Foucault together, didn't we? We did. Yeah. Changed my life. Shout out JPB. PB. <laughs> Indeed. Well, Tyler, it's been a little while. Has anything bioethics-y been happening in the news? Yes, Devin. So much interesting bioethics stuff. I almost don't even know where to start. Okay, well, perhaps we can start with more vaccine news. I don't know about you, but I've been trying to follow kind of the rollout of the vaccine and some issues that are popping up, some pretty salacious news stories about people kind of jumping the line. So there's only so much vaccine. There's a heck of a lot of us that want it. And some people are using whatever they can to kind of get ahead and get that vaccine, even if they don't necessarily qualify for it. I've been watching how these news stories keep getting, keep coming up about people in different categories, either getting them really early in, you know, from, from my perspective, or folks that I think ought to be much higher prioritized not getting the vaccination in a timely way and some still even waiting for it so there's a lot of question about in what order people ought to be getting decisions and i think that's really what the the ethical question is who ought to be getting the the vaccine in what order and then kind of more of a, a policy or administrative perspective or question would be how the heck do we enforce this right Absolutely. So it's sort of these overlapping questions of, I mean, if you look right now at a map of the U.S., it is wildly different between states and sometimes even between counties within states. So each public health district is able to make up its own rules about the order. So the CDC gave us some kind of guidelines, but you don't have to follow those guidelines and lots of states aren't following them. So lots of states have reduced kind of the age criteria. So you'll see everything from like 60 and above which they're doing in Kentucky, to like 75 and above, which they're doing in Connecticut. And that's a pretty big age difference. Like the number of people who would fit in between 60 and 75 is a, is a great number of Americans. And so it feels sort of unfair, especially if you live like on the border between states or on the border of a county. You know, can you just go over to a different place and get that vaccine um, when the standards seem so different. I recently heard that California uh, deprioritized people with certain chronic conditions in favor of people who are older, uh, which seemed tremendously unfair because if the idea is vulnerability and who's likely to become very sick from getting COVID, you know, a person who has a lot of comorbidities, um, certain kinds of disabilities might be tremendously at risk maybe more so than uh, a young person with those kind of conditions than a person who's older. So it's been very political and very uh, sort of different across the states. The variability between states and, like you said, counties has really been, I think it makes it difficult for people to have trust in the entire rollout process. For example, my my parents, my, my dad is on the, the north side of 65, and my mom is on the south side of 65. And so he has an appointment to get a vaccine because of this, you know, the state that he lives in prioritizes 65 and above. But my mom, who's several months younger than him, 
is not able to. So, you know, that I think that what that encourages is people bending the rules or breaking the rules and, and jumping in up in order in ways in which they, they, they think are more justifiable or more just, I guess. I think that's right. So that kind of variability and the seeming unfairness of it has tempted some people to break the rules. And I think that is pretty different than kind of some other accusations about maybe this group shouldn't be prioritized. And if I believe that and I'm part of that group, should I just not get a vaccine yet? I think that's sort of an inherently different question. So I thought you and I, Tyler, could maybe go through some of that variation and talk about things that are clearly unethical versus things that are ethical, but we wish that the system was doing a better job. So I think just like you said, it seems to me that uh, maybe, so I don't know if you heard about this couple in Canada that flew to a different province. You're a Canadian. You'll enjoy this story. Uh, this really wealthy couple, they flew to a different province meant to get a vaccine that was meant for indigenous people, of which they were not. And uh, there didn't seem to be rules on that. So they flew over and got their vaccine. And now they seem to be in trouble. That seems to me, I don't know, clearly unethical. And um, Americans are doing this too. They're Apparently at the beginning, they were all flying to Florida because Florida didn't have the rule that you had to be a resident in order to get in line for the vaccine. Right. Do you, do you think that that's unethical? Yes. I, I, well, the example that you just gave with that, that couple, yes, I think that that's clearly unethical. And one of the ways that I think, you know, kind of my internal guidelines, guidance about what is kind of over the line versus under the, you know, still within an okay, although maybe not ideal behavior is whether I feel like I need to hide it. Right. And so these folks were, clearly, you know, misrepresenting who they were and why they were in that community and flew in on a, the story that I heard, this might be conflating different stories, but they flew in on a private plane. They chartered their own plane to get to this area. So I don't know. I think that's pretty, pretty clear. But when the, when the rules are gray or when, when the, the behavior is gray, whether it's good or bad, that really highlights a lot of the kind of ethical principles that we at least assume or hope govern a lot of our societal interactions, the way that we behave towards other people. But the pandemic, I think, has shown that there's a lot of continued um, self-interest and the ability to have this community view of, of societal benefit, I think, has really been um, sorely lacking, I think, might be a understatement. <laughs> the generous uh, interpretation there. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I think we can agree that... Pr- Hopping on your private jet to jump ahead in a vaccine line in another state, probably unethical. Over the line. Over the line. Okay. So here's another thing that I've been hearing. A lot of people making several appointments at different vaccine hubs or different places you might get the vaccine. And then whoever calls first, that's the appointment that they go to, which means that there are no shows at the other appointments that they made, ethical or unethical. I, that, I have a hard time trying to wrap my head around how that could be ethical that that, se- that that <laughs> seems like a problem not only and that, that actually seems more egregious than the first example because not only are you jumping the line what you're doing is having you know somebody holding your spot in multiple lines that is not only impacting the people behind you in, in the line that you're standing in but all those other people so you're compounding the if there is harm in jumping the line you're compounding it by having multiple lines being manipulated. Agreed. Seems morally reprehensible. 
the sort of vaccine shopping if you happen to fit into one of the categories that gets to go first. But I think on the other side, I can I can see why people would want to do that. I, I can see the motivation for it. If you are desperately interested in, in getting this vaccination as soon as possible um, and you have a particular view of the world that your interests are, if not equal, then greater than other than others, then I can see how I can see how it happens, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I guess my sort of ethics advice, if I were your local neighborhood ethicist, is, okay, put your name on a bunch of wait lists, but don't make several different appointments. Yeah. Okay, so here's kind of the other, and I think that these things are getting conflated, but I want to separate them out. Um, taking an opportunity when it's presented or even stalking out hospitals for the chance that they might have leftover vaccine at the end of the day. So because people are no-shows to their appointments, sometimes hospitals or wherever else vaccines are being distributed, they'll just have some leftover. And they only have, for most of these vaccines, like six hours between opening it and when it goes bad. So you have to use it. You can't restore it. So some people just wait at these hospitals. I don't. They must be uh, out of work or I, I don't know how they have time to do this, but they're stocking out the hospitals. They're just hoping that somebody will say, hey, we have extra, and they hang out until they can get it. Do you think that that's ethical? I do. And I actually think that that's not only – so we're, if we're getting kind of nerdy about our ethical parameters, I think not only is it permissible, but it might be laudatory. It might be behavior we, we want to encourage because I, th I think that the, the greatest harm and, – and you know there are different intersectionalities of harm, right? But I think the greatest harm is the squandering of the of the re precious resource. And so if that is the greatest harm or one of the most significant harms in these very flawed rollout processes, if we can avoid the squandering of it, I think that's good behavior. Yeah. So if, I mean, I, th I tend to agree. If you have the means to do that, and, and it does tend to be that it's um, – people who maybe are younger, maybe the people who are actually the most healthy and able to just hang out outside of a hospital all day. But still, if there's any chance that you could get vaccinated, you should just take it. And if that means you're sort of seeking it out, that's I think that that's okay. Because we want to use every vaccine we possibly can. You're not taking it from somebody. You're It's either you get it or nobody gets it. So in that, shoot your shot is what I say. I heard an analogy by somebody recently that said, you know, at this moment, you know, imagine that all of the United States or all of the world are standing at the uh, the oceans, the beach at the ocean, and the tide is coming in with this vaccine, right? For the individual folks who are at the front line or second in line or third in line, it really feels significant that who gets whose feet get wet first um, as this tide is coming in. But in a number of months, maybe it's a number of years, eventually everyone is going to be covered by this tide. And so maybe we are we need to take a little bit more of a step back approach and not be so quick to condemn people who are trying to maybe jump ahead in the line uh, quite so much. Hmm. Oh, that's an interesting analogy. Well, so here's, Tyler, the other kind of thing I'm hearing from people. And actually, I hear this from a lot of people who might qualify right now for a vaccine is that they feel guilty. They feel like they shouldn't get priority over other groups of people that, you know, for whatever reason, they, they just don't agree with the way that the groups are being prioritized. And so they say, 
you know, I'm actually not, even though I might qualify, I haven't signed up to get my vaccine because I think more vulnerable people ought to get it before me. What do you think about that? That's probably one of the more challenging questions that I've been presented with, um, you know, kind of in my role as a clinical ethicist. A lot of really conscientious, well-meaning providers who are able to, you know, who otherwise would qualify as healthcare providers, but in their individual circumstances, they're able to do everything remotely or in a, in a way that really mitigates, mitigates their risk, that um, they really are struggling with this idea of, am I, oh, it's almost a question of whether they feel worthy to, to get the vaccine ahead of other people who they may view as being more worthy of them than them. So I think the, the advice that I've given them is if your institution has a process and it could be a very detailed, very robust analysis of who goes when and, and how, or if it's a very simple one that it just prioritizes certain you know, groups of providers or providers based upon uh, their role within the institution, then I think that al- trusting that the people who made that decision did did so with their best interest and, and in good faith, I think rely up, relying upon them and just getting it when it is your opportunity is perfectly permissible. And may, maybe their... Um, their refusal or their them declining their opportunity right now um, would actually cause more problems for um, for the process and make it in it less efficient, which is something we also want to avoid. So, um, yeah, it's it's challenging. And I've I've talked to a number of providers who have who've struggled with this. Yeah, I have too, and I've even talked to some older people who say, you know, I've I've lived a good life and I qualify under the age category, but if I had a choice, I'd give it to my kid instead because they have so much more life to live and maybe they wouldn't be as vulnerable, but I think they should get it first. And so I'm just choosing not to take it. Actually, this is what um, Dolly Parton said, right? So she actually would qualify and is choosing not to get in line for the vaccine, even though she helped fund it, which is an amazing story in and of itself. Um, And I think she's doing it sort of as a principled stance is that she thinks that other people deserve it more and she's willing to wait. So are you telling Dolly Parton that she's making the situation worse? No, I would never say that to Dolly Parton. I love Dolly <laughs> Parton. And I actually, when um, when I got my vaccination, I was excited that it was the Moderna vaccine because it was the one that Dolly Parton had fund the research for. So I think that, no, I, I don't think so. And I don't think that I would ever tell anybody that that decision, that they should even rethink that decision. But I think it usually when I get asked to provide input for people, they're really struggling about whether or not to do that. And it's, it's when they feel conflicted that I think that some you know advice might be useful. But if you have made that decision and you're comfortable with that and you've taken all of your um, you know individual idiosyncrasies about your situation and your family and, and come to that decision, like I would never, I would think that I would tell them that they've made the wrong analysis. All right. Well, you heard it first, Dolly Parton. We love you and we'll never criticize you. Good. Well, Tyler, I thought, um, okay, if those are kind of the basic categories, some things seem clearly unethical, some things seem permissible, some things seem even laudatory. I have some quick fire questions for you. I'm going to put you on the spot. You haven't heard these before. 
and I'm going to ask you, I'm going to give you a scenario, and I'm just going to ask you, ethical or unethical to get the vaccine? Are you ready? I am. Wait, before we start, one of the, my biggest regrets after graduating from from grad school was that we didn't get stamps that said ethical, that we could like stamp documents <laughs> or proposals. So I wish Ooh. I had a, a stamp I could do ethical or unethical, but I never Well, got. it sounds like I know what I'm going to get you for your birthday. Perfect. All right, let's go. <laughs> okay. All right. Number one, I live on the county line and I'm 65. My county is vaccinating people 75 plus. The one next door, 65 plus. I travel to the next county over to get my vaccine. I, I think that's an unethical decision. Okay. Number two, I'm at the grocery store and I hear an announcement saying the freezer broke and they need to use the vaccine now. I get in line for that vaccine. Ethical. And you should tell all of your friends who live close by to help use up that resource. Okay, good. Number three, I'm at the grocery store and I hear an announcement saying the freezer broke and they need to use the vaccine. I push over an old lady to get in line. Unethical. You should never <laughs> commit violence against old ladies. Yeah, it's a real George Costanza <laughs> scenario there. All right, four. I'm a smoker. I know it's a bad habit and I've tried to stop, but I haven't been able to. Being a smoker gets me priority access to a vaccine. I get on the wait list for a vaccine in phase 1B. Uh, I think that's fine. I think that's ethical. You're okay. not manipulating anything, and I think that you're doing a, you know, getting in line when you're supposed to. Mm -hmm. All right. Well. Although I should say I don't think that you should pick up smoking to increase your uh, jump in the line. So it's not something – if you're already a smoker, that's fine. If um, – you pick up smoking in order to qualify. I think that's not fine. All right. Well, number five, I started smoking last week so I could <laughs> claim smoker status to get in line for the vaccine. Unethical. Sorry, I jumped okay. the gun on that one. <laughs> number six, I work in healthcare, but I'm almost exclusively working from home. I'm offered a vaccine at work. I take it. I think that's, I think it's ethical. Number seven, I'm over 65 and I qualify for the vaccine in my state. I have a daughter who works in a grocery. I think she should get the vaccine first, so I don't get on the wait list. Um, I don't think that, I think that's, well, I wouldn't say unethical. Um, I, I, yeah, the problem with that one is that she, you know, she does, a, she takes a, makes a decision for a good reason, um, but what she's trying to accomplish by making that choice is not going to be accomplished. So it's, all, it's, it's, an altruistic action, but it's a futile endeavor because it's not a one-to-one. -one. Her, her granddaughter is not going to get that vaccine that was owed to her, so offered to mm -hmm. her. So Right. Well, okay, so number eight. I'm over 65 and qualify for the vaccine in my state. I have a daughter who works in a grocery. I think she should get the vaccine first. I give her my ID and let her get in line in my place unethical and, and actually what's what's interesting about about that is there are some states that actually have documentations or attestations upon penalty of perjury that you know the documents you're pro providing are actually legitimate so that could that could not only be ethic unethical but also a criminal act in some states depending on how they're regulating it mm -hmm. all right number nine uh, there's a Canadian province comprised of mostly indigenous people that has its own supply of vaccine. I happen to own a home in that province. I go there to get my vaccine. I, uh, that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Unethical. Okay. 
Uh, 10, I'm a wealthy former basketball player. I pay a lot in taxes. I mean a lot. I deserve a vaccine because I am helping to support the American economy with my tax dollars. I bribe a doctor to get me a vaccine. Uh, no. <laughs> Unethical and, yeah, that's terrible. Well, not to slander anybody, but that was the moral argument that Charles Barkley made about why basketball players should get ahead yeah. uh, in the vaccine line. He well, didn't bribe a doctor, though. I'm not saying that. Don't yeah. sue me. <laughs> well, we don't know. But uh, anytime that you, I think that your, your, your justification has to go all the way down to the basement level of, well, I pay taxes, therefore I'm entitled to X, Y, or Z. Um, you're really scraping the bottom of the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, almost no good moral arguments start with I pay a lot of money in taxes. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Okay, all right, final one. I'm a celebrity soul cycle instructor. I've not been able to train my clients because of the pandemic. I'm sort of a teacher. I get on the wait list for the vaccine designated for teachers. Yeah, I I saw that that article as well. Uh, the, I think that's not ethical behavior. <laughs> well, that seemed pretty easy, Tyler. You were pretty decisive on these ones. Yeah, I, I actually think I was a Caesar in a previous life, and I'm really good at thumbs up, thumbs down, life-determining <laughs> life decisions. Well, and I appreciate you not just doing that since this is really like a an audio podcast. Yeah, some of the stories have been really troubling about the, I guess, I don't know if they're surprising, but they are troubling about the lengths at which people will go to you know, try to benefit themselves. We are truly a very selfish society. But I think when I hear these stories, I, I do think there's a huge difference between I'm offered a vaccine and I am not sure that I should be taking it before other people versus truly jumping the line. Relying upon somebody else having gone through the mental work of, does this make sense? Is this a good policy? Is this the way that we're approaching this from a institutional perspective or from a county perspective or a state perspective? I, th I think it's fine to rely upon somebody else's decision-making and even in, in moral decisions like this, where it's, um, and this is kind of more in the realm of organizational ethics, but mm -hmm. individually deciding that you've been wronged and therefore you have, because you have the resources or access or whatever it may be, to jump in front of other people who have, um, you know, because you want to prioritize yourself. I think that's, that's an ugly side of America that we're seeing. Right. So, I mean, if you disagree with the way that the rollout is happening, fine. But if you exploit that in order to get ahead of other people, that's clearly unethical. Yeah. If you take moral issue with the way it's being rolled out and the category you've been placed in, it's not necessarily unethical to say, I'm just going to wait, but it might have repercussions that are actually not really good. So, you know, you might want to consider just going ahead and getting that vaccine when you can so that it doesn't sort of slow down the other phases that are going to happen. Yeah, and that's not to say that there aren't really good reasons or, or opportunities for you to be involved in that process. I mean, sometimes there are you know, community organizations that are involved in these decision-making that would probably welcome a lot of volunteers or other perspectives. But yeah, just taking it upon yourself to manipulate or jump or change, I think is clearly not good. All right, well, be on the lookout for more hot takes. Continue to write us with your questions that we can answer on air. Look forward to an exciting season two coming soon. Yeah, 
We have not scheduled or planned any of those interviews yet, but I know that season two is going to be even more amazing. So please get excited for that. Thank you for listening to this episode of Bioethics for the People. Special thanks to Chris Wright for writing and performing our theme music. For show notes, visit bioethicsforthepeople.com and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.